This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Everything is awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, I am so, so happy that you're here this week with me, with my guest, Robert Lundberg. I'm hoping I pronounced that last name right, because I don't think we ever addressed it in the actual show. Uh, And this was uh, a great conversation uh, that was hooked up by Melissa from City Bird Publicity. Um, she's, uh, hooked us up with some other interviews in the past, and, uh, so she's a great person, Robert's a great person, uh, in this episode you'll hear, uh, this is a case of me not even looking at the basic notes that, uh, that I get correctly, um, I, Melissa sends a ton of great details about the person that she's booking for the show, and, um, I use them all post-scripts, um, and uh, because I like to go into the, the interviews fresh, you guys know this. And uh, this was one where, like, even like the most basic thing, I can I, I, I did not look. I added a comma, making him a musician, comma photographer instead of just a photographer of musicians. Uh, so uh, apologies to Robert and Melissa for for that little blunder. Uh, but regardless, what a great conversation um, with. I believe our first photographer on here, um, and he he is actually what I really like that that uh, he says is that he's a he's an artist, just a, a you know a creative force, um, and that you know speaks to me, um, and that's you know, like almost like a Kevin Smith type mantra, uh, where you know he's not a director, he's a storyteller, or he's not a writer, he's a storyteller, and that's how I've always felt, is I, I don't feel like I'm a, a, a writer, mainly because I, I guess I haven't, any, I don't have anything published, but also, like, I, I write, uh, I, I do podcasting, uh, and, uh, you know, I've, I've directed a few little minor things here and there, but to me, it's, I've always been a, a, a good storyteller. Uh, a really a great storyteller even I, I'm, I'm strong there I may not be the best writer I may not be the best podcaster I may not be the best wrestler but I am a damn good storyteller and I can help tell a story or I can tell a story all on my own with the best of them um, and, and I, you know I, I look at myself as a creative person like that so I really connected with Robert that way um, and we just had an awesome conversation about photography you know and and, and you know, how things have changed with technology uh, over the last, you know, several years growing up uh, with technology and how photography is actually like this, this um, profession that necessarily doesn't get hit hard when it comes to to technology in fact it's probably even more in demand than anything else publication you know actually printing you know, i guess is more the what we're looking for here the, the printing industry has taken a big hit with the rise of technology uh but but you're always going to need photos so that's this was a great conversation um with Robert, uh, and he's he's a Boston native. We get into a little uh, a little Philly versus New England Patriots uh, talk, which was unexpected but fun. I'll take every opportunity I can uh, to talk about uh, that Super Bowl because it was just not only was it you know the the Eagles' first win, it was it was just a great Super Bowl, probably one of the best uh, Super Bowls, definitely one of the best games, if not the best game I've seen uh, ever in the game of football. So, uh, 
we're gonna I'll be back on the other end to, to wrap things up but but let's kick it over to Kevin Robert and uh, listen to what they have to say here on awesomepodcast.com start from the beginning i know um you you got a couple things going on as far as uh you know a musician uh a slam poet i think as i write in the in the quick notes uh that i that i did look at and i, I want to say there was one other thing that that uh made my eyebrows raise and i don't know if it was just that you were you know you you uh guest on podcasts frequently or if it was something else but let's let's get to the origin point of like you know your your art that that you you do with music and poetry and anything else you want to talk about like where did that all start well um oh i have to correct you on the musician parts i uh oh okay i am not a musician um technically i uh i I shoot uh a band a lot of bands in photography as a photographer so i shoot okay a lot of uh bands and uh you know do candid moments of uh musicians and artists as well so um, I think that's where like the music ties into to my craft is I, I love shooting uh, bands and, and musicians and artists as well in th- these really candid moments. Um, but yes, I am a slam poet. It's been a while. And also, uh, you know, for my daytime kind of gig, I'm also a technologist or UX uh, designer as well. So okay. I kind of freelance on that side of things. And so I, I love uh, just anything creative, but uh, definitely not a professed uh, musician. So, okay, a, I, yeah. and and I probably, if I had read the note correctly, probably would have said uh, I saw the photographer part uh, for your musician. <laughs> but yeah. th- but you know what? If you do poetry and, and and I am this is coming from someone who is has zero talent when it comes to like music and and poetry and stuff like that uh i i'm tone deaf uh i when i listen to music it's usually just to uh, have some noise in the background for me music uh, is is like i don't get the same message that a lot of folks do my my music yeah. is talk radio and and podcasts and stuff that's where i get like uh, those like uh, my feelings and my um everything my heartstrings get pulled from that kind of stuff uh but you know poetry and uh, you know is like a st- like just a sidestep away from from being a musician is it not that that's that's actually true yeah uh, <laughs> i never really thought of that though it, it's just uh poetry came so naturally as a as a way to express myself or particularly writing where i um you know i, I throughout my my you know growing up i always just constantly read and wrote and mostly journalized things until i i, I moved to the city well, uh, I'm initially from Boston uh, area, Boston, Mass. And so I discovered slam poetry and, and uh, poetry th- uh, by going to an open mic. And I experienced the first time. It was such a such a different way of exp- expressing, expressing yourself. And you're so vulnerable because you're opening up your, say, soul to strangers right in front of you on a, on a stage. And it was... It was it's just such a rush and I just, I, I got hooked on that. And, um, yeah, you, as a slant, as slant in slam poetry, you are uh, a performer. So it, it really, yeah, there's the only thing, uh, that kind of is different is that you're, you're not, y- your words or your lyrics don't go into a full fledged song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different dynamic, I guess on stage comparatively to lead singer or, uh, you know, but, uh, they, they, they go hand in hand, right. Um, songwriting poetry. Uh, but it's such, such a great experience of just going out there. Here's my, my innermost expressions to just a crowd and audience, uh, that you've never met before. It's just, it's, it's a great rush. so when you were growing up in, in Boston, which uh, I'm from Philly, so so I apologize uh, <laughs> for you know beating you guys silly in the in the, in the Super Bowl there. <laughs> oh, oh man, uh, I was in Brooklyn watching the Super Bowl. Uh, oh man, like, uh, I luckily though I've I've grown. Um, I, I I have a 
a new love for Philly. Um, okay. Since I've been traveling there often this year, since I moved to oh, New nice. York, I've uh, it's only like an hour and a half away. So yeah. it, it's like every other weekend I've been going to Philly. I've shot some shows there as well, and I love the people. I love the town. So I had really nothing against, uh, you know, the Eagles winning. It was yeah. just like that's awesome. It was good. And I'm like, okay, it, it, we've had ours. Yeah. We were the underdogs in 2001, and then Philly has needed a chance. They, yeah. you, you know, they're hard, hard nosed guys on the field. So it's like they had a good team, but it was like I, I, I couldn't hate it too much. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People were talking, but I'm like, good for the. You know, it was like good for the Philly because yeah. I, I, I have a. A deep appreciation for that city as well. So. Well, well, look at that—a sensible Patriots fan right there. It's—it's uh, it's funny. Um, one of the one of the um, my favorite things I listened to prior to the Super Bowl was um, the, the Fanatic, which is the uh, local sports radio here in Philly. Um, yeah. they did like a, like the week of the Super Bowl. They you know obviously were out there and they they talked to like their sister station from Boston. Uh, or hmm. you know wherever from the, somewhere out in the New England states there, and yeah. like the the sense of them not really like appreciating or caring about being in the Super Bowl was like evident uh, to those broadcasters versus like the Philly broadcasters and um, just like the 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 people of Philly like. It was, it, I guess, because the Pats have been there so much and they've won, yeah. you know, five or six rings in the, in the last decade and a half or whatever it's been, um, that like it's almost like not appreciated as much as it was for for us here in Philly. That was just yeah. like the general like uh, the Philly look the, that I got uh, from what I listened to and just was reading about, and that's nuts to me. Like, uh, and maybe it comes from being part of a, a town where historically in almost every sport, you know, it's, it's been forever and a day since we've won a, ma- won a major championship. Even our last baseball championship is a decade old, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it was, uh, it was, and I, I don't know, again, I, I don't know how it is out there or as a Pats fan in, in 20, you know, 2018 before this past Super Bowl where, where we didn't know who was going to win, but as a Philadelphian, it was like, there was something in the air something was different about this team. And like it, when we were there years ago with McNabb, it was like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to, like, it was like, we're probably not going to win this, but like, I, I walked into the Super Bowl saying, we're going to win this. Like, this is, it's our time. Mm. Uh, And it was, it was, I'll tell you what, not only, and I can say this as just a football fan, not necessarily as an Eagles fan, that was probably the best Super Bowl I've seen in, in years, uh, it, it just the game, both sides of the ball, you know, for both teams just played really well. Well, I, I should say at least the offenses did like the defense yeah. was for both sides didn't really show up, but this, the game in general, and it, and it did come down to the wire. Like that last pass Brady threw, I was standing up in the, in the back. My kids were wondering why I was acting like a fanatic because <laughs> like, I, like it literally, I, I was going to, I, I cried. I broke down and cried and I would have done it if, if Gronk caught the ball, like there was, yeah. I was going to cry for two reasons. Either we had, either we were going to lose or we were going to win. And, um, it was, uh, an amazing game. Uh, that, that I feel like, you know, I think a lot of people are able to appreciate, uh, save for maybe hardcore Pats fans, yeah. um, that, you know, I guess was kind of crushing to them, but I think it was because like, they just assumed they were going to win. Well, well, it, it, it's hard to like, as a Pats fan, we're like, oh, it's, we still had two minutes left. I'm like, Brady's been there before yeah. he's done it again. Like last oh, with the Super Bowl with the Falcons. Yeah. Two minutes left came back and did it again. I'm like, ah, and so we, as we're, as fans, we're, we're privileged enough to, you know, experience those types of comebacks time and time again from Brady. But it was like, we did have that, like, oh, it's going to happen again. We're not, <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we took that, uh, you know, for, uh, for granted. Yeah. But, Prior to like 2001 or the early 2000s, it was like in Boston sports, it was like the Pats were awful. And yeah. same with uh, same with the Sox, you know, Red Sox didn't win until 2004. So it was like our, our time came in the early 2000s, you know, for 
both sports scenes, particularly when the Red Sox won um, in 2004, the town went nuts. And yeah. that's what, so the first win, I guess, is like the m- most meaningful for mm. the, the, the town, you know? So it's yeah. that first win because that team's hungry. Uh, the odds are against them and, and, and you push past something. Um, you, you create something special because that's that first win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'll yeah. tell you what I, I, the, and, and we'll end we'll end our sports talk on, on this, but yeah. I would, the thing that I want to see the most in, in, in a Super Bowl, and that's me being a, a Philadelphia fan and being a, a, you know, someone from Pennsylvania is I want to see uh, Philly and Pittsburgh go at it in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that would be tremendous because I'm actually a fan of the Steelers as well. They're 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 AFC. They're they're not in the NFC East, so I, I feel comfortable saying that I do enjoy watching Pittsburgh play. But if we can't get that, because you know that's that's a hard chance to to see. Um, I, I would love to see another rematch this year of of Philly and and and, Pit, and uh, not Pittsburgh, Philly and the Patriots. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, just because now we have this little history together where we're, we're one and one with each other. You know, we we both have uh, we've seen each other in the, the Super Bowl twice, and we've each won once. And I and I I feel like a a, a third. You know, every there's a reason we have tons of trilogies when it comes to movies and stuff. Mm. Uh, and I think a third uh, meetup between the two teams would be uh, a, a fun watch, especially if they can play at the level that they played at this past year um, on both sides, you know, both teams. Uh, so if I can't get Pittsburgh and Philly, I, I, I obviously I'm hoping Philly goes back to the Super Bowl. I hope it's I do hope that it's the Pats again. Uh, I would like yeah. to see that rematch. Cool. I, I would agree. I agree, man. Um, and I could, we probably could discuss sports all day. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh God. And, and I'm not the biggest sports fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big football fan and, and I've been out of it for a few years cause my kids dominate my Sunday mornings a lot, but like they're yeah. getting old enough to want to watch it again. And, and they got to see how their dad reacts to like playoff football, which has not happened. I, I want to say since they've been alive. Uh, so, uh, so it's, it's an interesting time for them to see their dad go crazy. And, um, and, and, you know, it's obviously it's, it's a lot more uh, fun to watch Philly sports when we're on the, on the upswing of things. So um, it's, a, yeah, it's an exciting time to be a sports fan. And, and you're right. I could talk all day about it, but let's move on. Uh, the purpose of me bringing up you being from Boston was not just to talk about football, but was also to, uh, so growing up in Boston, uh, what came first, like the love of photography or, um, or, or poetry? Oh, it's a good question. It's kind of like chicken or egg. Uh, <laughs> uh I, it, it's take me kind of just so many years to evolve into identifying myself as an artist, you know? Um, um, it's a, you know, I grew growing up, I played a lot of sports and stuff. And, uh, I, I, uh, like on the side, I always had books, you know, uh, I was always reading and, um, constantly reading in, in my strength and like high school is, uh, you know, writing classes and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I didn't really become, come into photography until like taking photography seriously until I, I made my transfer to Brooklyn in late 2016. Oh, interesting. Met, um, a few guys with, uh, um, some serious camera work and they, they lent me a camera and I just wandered the city shooting, you know, street, uh, for photography. And I, I, I picked it up so naturally and it's, um, then I, I met Melissa and she, she saw my photos and started pushing me to shoot for bands uh, for, um, I, and I got a break last year where I was just shooting uh, shows for Pace Magazine uh, every other day, you know, and um, I just kept on uh, expanding and, and, you know, the, it's kind of like the universe give me like the sign of where you, the last few years I, I've been focused on design, but uh it was just kind of like pulling teeth for me with design. It didn't come too naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when picking up a camera, I was able to capture these just moments that of, of life and, and freeze them and, and, and kind of have this uh, observation and take on life using this tool of, of camera. And uh, I, I've been going full 
people bore since uh, you know late 2016 into th- 2017, and poetry and writing has always been with me along the way. Though um, I constantly write every day, I have a, just a routine on writing, and I, I always like to mix it up. Uh, going to my friends' open mics in in the city, and going back to Boston doing some open mics as well. But uh, what the universe has kind of kind of show me a, a new path of uh, like photography but i think as a photographer you can also be a writer i, I think it goes hand in hand particularly yeah. style where i go for is like a more photojournalist kind of sense of uh investigative curious kind of sense of uh actually you know life uh you know going out in the streets discovering different nooks and subcultures of our society and, and trying to un- uncover that it, i i goes along hand in hand with writing. So um, yeah, that's kind of like a synopsis of kind of my transformation of identifying myself so truly as an artist and a, a creator. And I don't like to label myself as one thing or another. Yeah. Pick up a pen or a camera and, and create or, you know, express myself in the ways I want to express myself mm-hmm. in each unique medium. So I, I, I don't like to limit myself just by calling myself one thing. I, yeah, I would yeah. just say generalize and say artist, you know, and that's where I feel whole as a person right now, you know, as an and artist. That's like, that's, that's a, a very, uh, I'm starting, hold on. I'm starting to hear myself. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah. That's like a very uh, Kevin Smith type of mentality. Of, I, I'm not sure if you're a fan or, familiar with Kevin Smith, but like he's always um, kind of going on about, you know, not necessarily being a director, but a storyteller or a creator. And, and you know, in, in probably more recent years, he'll say creator versus storyteller. Yeah. Um, and that is, uh, I think how that's kind of the way I like same, same path as you, as far as uh, you know, I don't limit myself as podcaster, because uh, I like to write. I don't do it as often as I should or want to. I, I wish I had the discipline to just pick up a pen every day and write something. Um, and that's and I, I can. Uh, I think that's just me uh, finding excuses not to. Yeah. Um, and I think every, you know, most creators, I think, can always find an excuse not to. It's always just, uh, you, you know, uh, I, I envy, you know, guys like you who, who can push through it and just say, nah, I'm going to do it. Even if it's 10 minutes, let me do it. And yeah. um, that's, I think, an important thing to to being a good storyteller or a good creator is, is pushing through uh, being able to um, just do it, whether it's, you know, it, it's, you're not limiting yourself to one art form. So you are able to say, all right, today I'm just going to, I'm going to pick up and write where you know pick up my camera and shoot and um i don't know um i'm going to assume just by by talking to you you're you're probably roughly in the same age range as i am we'll say millennial you know mid to, to late 20s early 30s uh so you know you probably have you grown up in that that with the digital art form like uh, you know, everything was kind of like, you know, pen and paper back in the day. And now we're, we're living this digital world. Did you grow up like that? Or are you much longer, younger than I'm thinking? No, no, I'm, uh, at the end of the month, I'm, uh, turning 33. So okay. I'm definitely on that, the spectrum of, uh, you know, the, the, the millennial spectrum. So we, yeah. you, know, you grew up with, you know, transformation, you, you had dial, you know, landlines and then, yeah. then came the modem of like, you know, that, the, 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 the sound of the modem or when somebody called you get disconnected yep. <laughs> <AOL>. yep. <laughs> so, um, and then you know came like the star trek uh tech uh phones the motoro star Trek uh tech phones and growing oh up oh my god yeah yeah that was my first that was well, that wasn't my first phone but that was my first quote-unquote high-tech phone yeah 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 and then like i, I remember like maybe eighth grade we were like had pagers you know (laughs) yeah 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 uh so yeah we we're um i'm definitely on that spectrum of like we i knew i grew up with the transformation of uh you know technology at 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 a certain pace but then when it you know hit the early 2000s started picking up in this past last decade uh things have exponentially just took over with the electronic devices and different experiences where, um, 
now those experiences back, uh, you know, in the, in the 90s, uh, growing up, uh, like VHS tapes are, are kind of yeah. uh, gone. <laughs> so. It's I still have uh, I have a couple VHSs. Some are like home movies or, or like home recordings of when I used to wrestle. We started wrestling uh, in an era where where the only way you could film was on either VHS or those tiny like VHC or whatever they were tapes. Yeah. Um, so I have a ton of those, but I think my, my proudest VHS or set of VHSs is the star, the original star Wars trilogy, because I am 99% sure I would need to find a VCR to, uh, to verify this, but it's the, the non special edition versions of star Wars I have on VHS. Oh, cool. Uh, and, and that's like a, a rarity. I don't, I don't think you can find them anywhere. Yeah. Uh, even, even, I don't think Disney's even allowed to release um uh the original star wars untouched because i think fox still has a hand in it somehow yeah uh, i guess if disney ends up buying fox if that goes through you know then they will be able to but regardless like finding a non-special edition version of star wars is nearly impossible in 2018 mm. uh so like that's like my my like one day i want to just go find a vcr and just see what these are uh <laughs> because it's like the nerd in me like the true nerd in me wants to f- find out what they are but um yeah i mean vhs is it's it's it still blows my mind that there is a, a generation of kids who are probably you know maybe only a decade younger than us that they truly don't know what VHS means and and furthermore like not much younger than them they don't know what they're not going to know what DVDs or or Blu-rays are because everything's digital now right uh, it's a crazy concept uh, yeah. right it's 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 kind of weird to me right and um, yeah. Well, that's why I've been playing with um uh, for going back to like a, a ph- photography. I've been playing with um you know like film too, like thirty five millimeter film. Oh, okay. I even bought like picked up this like nineteen thirty eight uh, super eight film uh, camera. So I, I kind of <laughs> kind of start shooting live action film too. Oh, nice. Um. So actually, yeah, it, it's like I I, I kind of have a craving, to, a longing to go back to. Uh, Oh, uh, like, uh, I would say old hat, but I, yeah, I guess old hat, uh, you know, just actually, actual, um, older technology where it was more of a craft, particularly when it comes to film, um, where you actually had to place the film in, you know, you wouldn't be able to look at the image immediately like a digital DSLR. Yeah. You just have to know and, and be that good with your eye to capture the exact shot you want and then go back and develop it. So it was a t- completely different craft um, in, in photography uh, comparatively to now with the digital DSLRs where you can delete, edit, uh, like, and look mm-hmm. at an instant image in the back of your uh, camera immediately. So, yeah, I, I crave just to keep that that practice up of uh, learning the old uh, practices because to keep it alive. And it's more of an art form and craft, I think, being hands-on and, and learning a craft comparatively to instant images and maybe some digital editing, then it's out there on the web in the world, wherever the end result may be. So I feel like it's um, it's important to keep those those that knowledge base up and maybe yeah. teach, um, spread, pass the word to younger generations about why it's important to step away from the digital devices now and then, because you start using different parts of your brain. You have to, you know, critically think about problems when you're working with your hands comparatively to having a computer solve them or like Google, like a solution or answer you know, to a question yeah. it's like you, you may actually have to use your mind. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was, I, I was leading to wanting to chat about the digital world and photography. You know, there's a lot of things have been affected by, you know, the modern world going digital, but I, I got to say, or assume at least that being a photographer, whether you're, you're doing old school photography with the actual film um, or, you know, I'm sure it's a lot easier, you know, with the digital, that is a, you know, profession or art form that I, I got to assume isn't really, um, 
affected much save for maybe the saturation of people saying oh i could be a photographer now because i can do it on my phone but like you know because because whether your 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 photo uh is published in a magazine or online um for the most part it's it's and you can correct me here if i'm talking out of order but you know it's there's still a need for for photographers um in in not just like oh family portrait sense, but in a business sense of we need to be able to to show off this band or this um, this this you know uh, red carpet event in in our publication, whether it's print or online. Mm. I I would agree. Um, you know, photography may have evolved with uh, technology and different uh, ways of uh, communication methods compared, you know, digital blogs and magazines and uh, comparably to print. Uh, but I, I, I would agree with you uh, regarding that photography, there, there may actually be more need of uh, good photographers and uh, professional photographers now with, say, corporations always need uh, photographers for, you know, event photography, uh, conference photography. Uh, you know, you have the VIP events. Uh, you have, um, you know, you know, there's so much need for content or creation and good at, and professional uh, content creation comparably to people who think they are photographers on their cell phone. Um, it, it's a two, it, it's, um, <clears throat> it is, there's really a high demand for quality images uh, even more so now because we're a, a very visual society at this point due to the web uh, so we're craving um, visual language now. So if if you can create captivated, captivating content regarding whatever, uh, maybe your brand, no matter what you're doing, uh, people will engage in it so much more. If you have a strong, if you have strong imagery incorporated along with storytelling within your brand, no matter what you're doing. Um, so I think it's even more important to have strong photography wherever, whatever you're doing. Um, so I, I would definitely agree with you on that point. Yeah. Cause it just seems like, I mean, I would have to imagine that while there's still a need for people to, you know, for authors and for novelists out there to, to write the, the, the printing companies, you know, they're still obviously printing, but that need is far less with the, the ebook world. So it is the industry, several industries I think are, have been changed big time, but photography, I just feel like you're, you know, you said it, it kind of grew up just like us. It grew up with technology and there's, um, you know, it's just fascinating that that I, and as someone who is, does not think of them as a, as a photographer, save for when I'm using my phone, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't cross my mind that like, Hey, wow, you know, that industry is, if anything, and, and, and you kind of confirmed it booming. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, it's like, uh, you know, we evolved, um, you know, in, 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 in just general life in general, or just in, in the environment, you know, to survive, you have to adapt and evolve. So, I mean, if you have to pick up current technologies as a photographer and evolve with uh, you know, the markets and, and, and the business uh, wise and in publications and the digital age, you have to learn that too, to stay afloat and evolve and learn new technologies and, and dive into it. You can also still, I think there's a demand for like the, the raw organic look made from like film as well. So there's also a market for that now, since I think we've, hit a mass of just digital overload. So I think if you, you can create just organic stuff using more of um, older equipment, um, people, there's also a market for that too, particularly maybe in the art world. Um, you know, you just create a new, if you blend the two, I think uh, that's where you really have some balance. And um, I, I once again, I, I, I don't think, there should be either or. I, I think yeah. there's just like uh, a place for a need for digital, and then also definitely a place and need for you know the old the older uh, methods, which gives you uh, a unique look and feel to say shooting with a Super 8 film 
for like live action will give you a totally different look comparatively to shooting with a digital, you know, 4K plus um, yeah. live action camera. So uh, depends on what you want, what type of story you want to tell, I guess, with the, the visual imagery. Now, and I know we started a little late, so I, I won't keep you too much longer uh, so that, you know, you kind of stay on your, your time frame here. But you've mentioned live action uh, like two or three times now. Uh, so is, is is looking forward to the future, um, is that kind of like where you see yourself going? Like you, you maybe you want to, whether it's writing and directing or, or just shooting, is that what something you see for yourself in the future? Like doing some film work? I, um, I may. Yeah. I, I actually, um, starting to collaborate with a, uh, a guy, um, Aaron Emanuel, who was the lead singer of glass mannequins. I shot in Brooklyn. He's actually from Somerville, mass which is uh, near Boston in, in the city. And uh, we were just recently talking about a, a documentary project regarding, um, you know, showcasing uh, maybe mental illness within, say, the freelancer realm of corporate side of things and, like, the challenges you face as a freelancer of ups and downs of trying to start your own business and dealing with also your health and mental health issues and the stressors that come along with... Um, you know, doing your own thing. So I think film is definitely on my mind at, at this moment. So that's why I talk about it so much as well. But I love still imagery as well. So, I, you know, once again, I, I just want to call myself an artist and a creator. Um, but I, I just love uh, trying to create captivating uh, stories with uh, different types of mediums. Uh, and, uh, I, I do want to, uh, I guess the final, final thing I want to touch on is, um, the, what prompted you, uh, moving from the Boston area to, to New York area? Uh, because they, you know, they b- both are big cities. So I, you know, it seems like, um, you know, opportunity could be, and again, this is me, maybe me speaking out of order here, but it seems like opportunity in both areas could, could be there. Um, so what prompted, like, what was there always a drive to get out of Boston or does, you know, is it the classic New York is the place where you go to kind of start out as a, as an artist? I think it might've been a mixture of both. Like, uh, New York was the city for like designers and artists and creators. And for me, at least, um, in the Boston area, I didn't really see too many unique opportunities. Like I, I noticed in New York regarding say galleries or film or photography boston there's a lot of tech uh and innovation going on there um and i was involved with startups and and tech there and made numerous uh great many friends in that realm but i felt as a individual in my vision i just had this vision in new york and i had to do it it was getting uh late in 2016 and i'm like I got to go. I ended a contract, tech contract, and this is a perfect opportunity. Nothing's tying me down. I'm going to pick up and go. Um, and and going to New York, it, you're exposed to like the world tent, like in a, in a, at a macro level of seeing all these different cultures and it's just such a different pace comparatively to Boston. And, uh, and that's how I kind of found photography too. So it's been, um, it's been an experience, and uh, I uh, I think though I, I I think if I never left for New York, I would never really have picked up uh, a, a serious camera or gotten the exposure um, regarding my work if I stayed in Boston. So I think if you go to New York, I think you have a lot more access to outlets to expose your work to the world on a, on a larger level comparatively, say Boston. Yeah, the lack of um, maybe just institutions that could help you out. So I think that's why artists say New York, because it really is um, like a energy that that or it really is just a city that uh, harbors art uh, and those types of organizations that will help you expose yourself on a larger market. So um, I think starting out, it's a good place just to learn the business of art or no, no matter what medium and um, then maybe go back to 
like Boston or uh, a smaller town. It depends on, you know, what your ideals are. But I think New York has given me a lesson in uh, the business of art and how to, regarding exposure and getting your work out there and how demanding it is as well. So. And really, um, you know, New York and, and this is like the way I feel about Philly, like the reason I love living, I live in the suburbs of Philly. So, the, but you know, generally speaking, I can get to Philly in less than an hour. The reason I love this area so much. And, and, I, and I think the really depending on, on, um, where you want to go and, or visit or whatnot, you know, the same can be said about New York is that, you know, there's so much culture and history within, probably two hours of, of both Philly and New York. Mm. Um, like I can, I can get to New York, you know, you, like you said, about an hour and a half uh, on, on really good traffic, two hours, maybe a little bit longer and bad traffic between Philly and New York. And, and I can get down to the beach or I can go down to DC, you know, for you, I, how far is Boston from, from, uh, from DC about two, three hours, Boston to uh, Washington, DC. No, I'm sorry. I met New York. No, I was like, yeah, that's about like eight hours or six hours. Um, New York is about three and a half hours pending okay. pending traffic, though. It generally ends up, if you go directly from Boston and directly into the city, you have to add in an hour of traffic going into the city. So it generally yeah. ends up being like five just due to traffic in the city. But it, without traffic, light traffic, it's like three and a half hours. Yeah. So, I mean, real, realistically, like, you know, from New York, you can always go back home to Boston or, or, or anywhere between the two cities. Um, I, I don't know much about beyond, you know, New York and, and Boston that's out there. But I imagine as someone who's traveled between there, there's got to be some spots that you would want to visit. Like there's it, New York just seems like a good spot Um to be able to get to different places for day trips or for, for weekend trips pretty easily. And the same way I feel about Philly, I can, I can get anywhere that I would want to go, uh, within, within, a, within two hours, worst case scenario, you know, maybe within five hours, uh, and, and still be able to like enjoy the day, spend the long weekend somewhere. Um, and, and I have to imagine that's gotta be appealing, uh, to, to, you know, you know, moving to New York as well. Oh, completely, man. I, 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 I can get upstate. Upstate has some really unique towns and um, like Kingston, uh, New York is, is really unique and creative, like artist community up there too. And uh, same with like Woodstock or uh, Saratoga Springs. I've been kind of like taking trips upstate New York because I never realized how large New York was, the state of New York. Yeah. Um, so I, and then I can, yeah, like you, you said, I, I can go easily b- go back to Boston, visit my, my family. And then actually then from Boston, I love going up to, I love Vermont and Maine, like uh-huh. to really just mellow out. And, and it's really beautiful up there too. Then you can easily get to, uh, to Canada, you know, back yeah. uh, Montreal or, you know, so it, or Toronto going up New York, uh, you can hit Toronto easily too. So which I did last summer. So yeah, I've been, it's, it's a great hub to go a great deal of places on the East coast. And it's like been a kind of adventure. So I dig it. I definitely dig it. It's, it's uh, one of my favorite places I've ever been to is, is the, the specifically Niagara Falls, Canada, but like Toronto too. Like there's just something so clean and uh, refreshing about, every trip I've ever taken to Canada, which has been over a decade since I've been there. But, uh, I, I used to go for business a few times, a, a few times a year. And, um, it was always my favorite trip, uh, was, was being able to, to go visit Canada. And, um, yeah, I mean, if, and, and I can only imagine like someone who was just taking pictures with, I don't even think I, I don't even know if I had a smartphone capable of taking pictures back then. Uh, so it was all kind of with my mind's eye, just, just, the beauty of Canada uh, and, and to be a photographer like that is that would be reason enough for me to become a photographer is, is to go shoot up there. Yeah. Um, so I can only imagine actually being a photographer and, 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 and having the opportunity to do it um, has to be just uh, jaw dropping. You know, it is, man. I, I just, I love adventures and um, 
you know, I, I, I met so many great people on my trip because I just took a bus and I stayed in a hostel. And so I met like all the like I met I made some good friends from Ireland, Northern Ireland, and they invite, invited me to, you know, stay with them anytime so I can go to Northern Ireland. Uh, I make make plans and, and you know, I love to travel and kind of, you know, discover new story, you know, just new things. And, um, and, um, but I agree, Toronto is, is a beautiful city too. So, um, and then that's what I, I just get excited about just discovering you know, new aspects of life. And that's why our photography and just has captured my heart, I guess, as an artist It's because, I can move around and capture this with this tool and make a living off it, you know, and uh, tell, tell unique stories uh, by going out and discovering and meeting people and just uh, just showing light on, on things many people don't get to experience because of the grind of life, maybe, you know, family, you know, work, et cetera. I have the advantage of being able to kind of be, flexible and move and kind of like a sage of that's that's very exciting and it's there's a couple i i you know uh there's so much more i would love to to sit down and chat with you about that i feel like we need to touch on and i think uh you know we'll have to uh find another time to sit down and chat and have you on another episode yeah. uh because we barely touched on on the slam poetry we kind of dove deep into technology and photography yeah. uh uh, and, 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 you know, but you, you know, you sound like you are true, just, you know, an artist creator. And I, I love that mentality. I think that's, a um, the mentality that all, um, you know, artists and creators should have no matter what they do, even if they primarily associate themselves with one thing. Mm. Um, I think, I think using, using the broader term makes you a better, uh, creator, uh, because you know, you're, you're willing to take more risks and stuff. And, and that's, uh, that's great. I love that. Um, so before we let you go officially, uh, let people know where they can find you, your work and anything that you might have coming up, uh, you know, in the, in the month of May, we'll say is, is probably when, uh, would be the most applicable, applicable. There we go. I can talk, uh, you know, dates for you to, to plug. Cool. Um, they can anybody can check out some photo work at rlundberg.com. Um, also on Instagram, um, it's at r underscore lundberg l u n d b e r g. Or I just created a, a new Insta account, um, capturing just solely on uh, my music work on, in photographic work at uh, uncontaminated sound. So it's it's a new series. Uh, of giving insight into the indie scene in uh, New York and beyond, capturing these inti- intimate moments of uh, you know pure expression and, and uh, you know trying to capture these uh, artists' uh, expression on stage. Um, besides that, in May, I, I don't have anything coming up at this moment uh, to to plug, but um, uh, generally things just come up. Uh, so. <laughs> definitely post later and and we'll be sure to uh when as we get closer to to when we're posting the episode um those anything that's that's needs to be plugged will be in the show notes all those plugs that you just heard uh robert give uh will be in our show notes and anything else i I will check with him and uh, melissa to make sure that there's not anything else that needs to be included uh just so that people can come check out whatever it is you may be doing uh if if they if the opportunity arises yeah i would love to talk uh maybe uh yeah, maybe on another episode regarding poetry because I, I have some poems prepared, you know? <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It, it, again, I, you know, we kind of went on a, on a, on a tangent that I, I was expecting to talk more about the poetry, but uh, we, we went on tangents uh, that I did not expect. And um, well, I, I actually came in thinking we were talking about more uh, regarding photography, my photographic work. So <laughs> Okay. Well, there you go. So that's you. So you geared the conversation exactly the way that, that you wanted it to go. And that's okay. That's it's, it was all about you today. So, uh, Robert, thank you for uh, being on the show. And I would absolutely love to have you cool. on again to sit down and chat about poetry and, and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe some, uh, you know, Boston versus Philly. Of course. Sports. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. man. Right. Thank you, Robert, for being part of the show, being a guest on the show. Uh, great conversation. And this is a perfect example of a conversation where I thought it was going to be dominated by the slam poetry portion of his life. 
because that just seemed like such a unique part um, of his of his story uh, that that I thought we'd be focusing on that. But uh, you know, conversations take you down different paths. You never know when when you're when you're going off the cuff. You never know where they're going to take you. So uh, we'll we'll have to have Robert back on down the road here so we can talk some sound poetry um, because I, I I not my world. I I'm not. Um, I know very little about poetry as I probably put on display during the show, during the interview, uh, slash conversation. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this show. Um, and I, yes, 100% I'm stealing this bit from Brian Durkin on full belly laughs, but he has a good point. Uh, and, and we should be, every podcaster should be taking a couple minutes out of their, you know, their, their podcast to thank you, the listener. Um, for listening to us uh you literally could be doing anything else uh over the last hour or so that this show was on and you chose to spend it with with us with everything is awesome you chose to listen to to me chat with uh robert um or you know do go on my pre-intro or post-intro uh nonsense so the fact that you take your time out out of the day to, to listen to everything is awesome it means the world to me uh, and and you know hopefully uh, the payback is that you're enjoying each and every episode that we put out here on awesomepodcast.com uh, so you know thank you uh, literally uh, this this show is nothing without the listeners so uh, make sure uh, you, you pat yourself on the back for that. And if you want to support this show in other ways, you can also support us on patreon.com slash that entertains, uh, where you'll get early access to everything is awesome and every other show on the that's entertainment podcast network. Uh, and as we start rolling out more features on that's entertainment, you'll get early access to that. Uh, Patreon is, it is kind of like an ongoing Kickstarter. We, I like to call it a, and describe it as a subscription service. You're subscribing to that's entertainment and that's a suite of services and content that you get delivered to you early in some fashion, whether it be, uh, written audio or video, depending on the pledge level that you, um, that you pledge at. Or subscribe at, I should say. Uh, so that would be a great way to support this show. Uh, $1 a month uh, is less than a cup of coffee. And uh, while that may, uh, you, you may not notice that dollar missing from, from your bank account, uh, we'll notice those add up. And, uh, you know, my goal now after 10 years of podcasting is to very simply break even, uh, is very simply to uh, you know, have my hosting fees covered. And that would be a, like a huge goal of mine if, if we could make that happen. Um, so, uh, you know, many thanks to you if you uh, do subscribe to our Patreon on patreon.com entertains. And I understand, you know, money's tight. It's hard. It's hard to, you know, choose which content creators you're going to support. It's hard to choose uh, whether you're going to save up for the, the next big thing uh, or, you know, subscribe to a dopey podcast and, and pay money for it. Uh, so I understand that. And you can help in, and support the show in other ways by leaving a five-star review uh, for Everything is Awesome on iTunes. And that Apple math helps us get in front of more ears and... Uh, the more ears listening to us means the bigger and cooler things that we can actually do. And, uh, of course, word of mouth recommendations is a huge, huge help uh, because, you know what? A review is just words written down. But you telling someone to listen to the show, you putting the show on, and while someone else is in the car with you, it, it, it means something more coming from a friend, perhaps. So thank you for all the support that you give this show. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, be here on awesomepodcast.com, and we are part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network at coretemparts.com. And guess what? I haven't been awesome. You haven't been awesome. We've been awesome! Thank you for listening to the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network. To listen to more Core Temp Arts shows, visit coretemparts.com.